Digital products are a great way to create passive income streams. And although the word passive is often interpreted as making money in your sleep, don't underestimate the need to keep signaling people to them. It's a passive income, but you still have to work hard at creating it and promoting it. But having said that, there's still an effective way to get more out of your time and to leverage your income. And in this episode, I'm going to help you come up with a great idea for a digital product. And if you already have one, you'll get some ideas on how to promote and sell it. Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you find this episode useful. If you're new to this podcast, each week I share fluff-free, actionable ideas tailored to education businesses that you can mould to suit your needs. And finally, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on iTunes or follow and subscribe on whichever platform you choose. Thank you once again for tuning in. Now, although you still need to promote your digital product, they are still a great way to grow your business because you're not trading your time for money. It's a scalable way to grow. But the thing that holds people back from either creating them or successfully selling them is getting the idea right in the first place. So this episode is going to be useful for you regardless of whether you're just starting out but don't know where to start or if you already have one and you need to revive the sales. Step one is to use your knowledge of your audience to create a product they'll actually buy. As the experts, I know you can't see me, but I'm saying experts with quote marks, we sometimes fall into the trap of deciding what our clients need instead of basing it on what they tell us they need. And it's so tempting because we just know that our idea will help them so much. But the truth is, if they don't know that they need it, then it won't sell. So rather than creating something that needs a hard sell, just make it easier for yourself by giving people what they want. Now, forget that traditional target audience exercise you may have come across before. You know, the one where you create an avatar of your ideal client and use your imagination and make assumptions. You don't need to do that because you have real potential clients that you can get more accurate information from. So start by making a list of all the questions people ask you. If you haven't got one already, keep a swipe file just somewhere to record everything. It can be the notes app on your phone. And just make a list of the questions that you keep coming across. Now, when you analyze this list, the questions that keep cropping up will be your golden ticket. You know there's a demand for that and you know that lots of people are facing that problem. And if you notice that there are a few problems that keep cropping up, maybe just focus on answering one of those questions per digital product. Now, if you haven't spoken to many potential clients or you don't do client calls, you can also join communities where your potential clients are active and just observe. Keep an eye on the kind of questions they ask and the kind of discussions that take place and make some notes. I'll share a couple of examples with you so you can actually see this in action. I would say around 90% of my clients or people I meet in discovery calls say that the thing they struggle with the most when it comes to marketing is just not knowing what to write. Or they know what they want to say, but they don't know how to start or how to direct people to take action. Once I noticed that that was one of the problems that just kept cropping up, And once I realized that I was actually doing the same work with clients over and over again, it highlighted the need for something that they could just download and follow. That way, I could spend the time they were paying me for on getting paid clients through content. We could be more strategic. We could do other things. So to solve that one problem with one digital product, I created 100 content prompts. 
tailored not only for education businesses, but tailored to their problems. Since they struggled with how to start, each one has a sentence starter. For those who struggle with an idea, each sentence starter has ideas to flesh the content out, and each one is accompanied by possible calls to action. So I didn't just create 100 content prompts, I designed it very specifically based on the struggle that I kept noticing coming from clients and potential clients. So my best tip is to use real information from real potential clients or existing clients to create products that target their problem. The more tailored it can be, the better. And this is a real winner because they know that they have the problem because they're verbalizing it. And you know that they have this problem and you know you have the solution. So there's a really nice match between your digital product and the problem that people really want solving. Step two is to think about the name that you're giving it. You really want to be careful about the name. When it comes to the name, you want it to be functional first. My 100 content prompts isn't a clever or catchy name, but it tells people exactly what to expect. But if you do get more creative, the strongest names make the transformation clear. So instead of 100 content prompts, I could have called it something like your content writing toolkit. Toolkit implies that it contains everything someone needs to write strong content. That's the transformation they'll experience. Their content will go from being weak to strong. So the name is really crucial because it's the first thing that people see and it's the first thing that helps them create a decision or a judgment as to whether it's something that they need. And if the name grabs them, if they're convinced that that's going to solve a problem, then they'll find out more. Then they might not even read the description, they'll just buy it. So it needs to be something that people will immediately understand and remember. So you want to make it memorable, you want to make it functional. But on the topic of making sure it's something they understand, make sure you're using the language that your clients understand. So as a teacher, I might use certain terminology. But if I'm targeting parents, I need to make sure that I'm conveying that in a language that they understand. Now, step three is to make sure that you've designed it in a way that people will actually use. Or if it's a course, people need to finish it. The biggest issue with digital products is that people are quite reactive. They tend to buy it when they're facing a problem and they hope that this will give them that quick solution. So they start with a lot of enthusiasm but often they struggle to stay motivated to continue using that product. And this is particularly common with online courses. Now, you might be thinking, well, surely it's their responsibility. They paid for it, so they need to use it. But the truth is, if people don't complete your course or use your product, it affects you too. Because if someone doesn't use your digital product, then they won't see results or the transformation that you've promised. And if they don't see that, then they're not going to leave you a review, they won't recommend it to other people, and they'll definitely be less likely to buy anything else from you. Now, what you actually need to do to keep people using your product depends entirely on the product itself, not just the format, but the topic and the transformation you're promising. It's something I help people on a more one-to-one basis or in my mastermind, but I'll share a couple of broad ideas that you can tailor. One idea is to use your email marketing platform, if you have one, to send them useful emails that just helps them get the most out of your product. Maybe you send them emails that helps them stay motivated, or maybe you create pathways that they can use based on their problem. Essentially, you're helping them use your product and to get results. You're training them from afar. And it's even better if you ask them to respond. That way they stay engaged. So you might ask them, I just want to check in how you're getting on. Let me know if you're having any struggles or if there are any extra resources I can send you. 
And if they reply, then you might not need to send them extra resources. You might just direct them to specific parts of that product or the course. You could also add some accountability in there, like the submission of assignments. I know assignment sounds really formal or it implies that you need to give feedback, but I'm just using it as a generic term. It could be in the form of a self-assessed quiz or an action you ask them to take and just report back via email or something. Either way, it keeps them actively engaged in your digital product. Including things like this is actually really easy if you use an LMS, a learning management system. I use Thinkific. There are loads on the market and I did a lot of research before I chose Thinkific. And the thing I like about Thinkific is that they do have a free plan. So it's not a free trial. They actually have a free plan. And something that was really important to me was that they had unlimited video storage and you can create things like quizzes. You can ask people to submit assignments. I just thought it ticked all the boxes for any kind of digital product or learning platform. I host my 100 content prompts on there. That's where people go when they join the mastermind. That's where they watch the videos of the recorded sessions and download resources and so on. So if you're interested in checking out Thinkific, you can just create that free plan. And I've provided a link in the show notes. So they're just a couple of ideas, but the main takeaway here is that you need people to use your product after buying it. Don't think that the end game is just to get people to pay for your product. You need them to buy it because that will be an investment in selling more. Remember, we want to create clients who create other clients and keeping them engaged, keeping them motivated is a really key way to do that. Now, you want to create something really tailored. So reach out if you want some help in discussing exactly how you can keep people engaged in your digital product. And at the end of the episode, I'll share one more way to keep people engaged. So, so far, we have used our knowledge of our audience's problems to create a brilliant idea. We've thought about how to name it in a way that really appeals to them. And we've designed it in a way that boosts the chance of people using our products and getting real results. Often, digital products are cheaper than services that we offer. And when businesses offer both, like I do, these products sometimes act as paid lead magnets. So to really make it create repeat customers, all of these aspects that I've discussed so far are really crucial. So let's say you're at the stage where you've got this digital product, you're ready to start thinking about launching it. Step four is to actually create an effective launch plan do make sure that you plan your launch. Don't just think launching means mentioning it on social media. You want to create a plan because this is your one opportunity to create a buzz around it. Once you've already launched, yes, you can keep people excited, but it's not the same as announcing it for the first time. So we want to do it well. A really robust and stress-free way to launch is by doing a lean launch first. Some people call it a skinny launch or a beta launch. Essentially, what you're doing is you're testing it with a select few clients, you're getting feedback, and then you're using that to make improvements before offering it to everyone. I do that a lot. With the Tutors Mastermind, I know it's not a digital product, but still, I invited five clients at a heavily discounted rate to help me launch it and test it. And it was invaluable. With my content prompts, I gave it to a couple of my clients for free feedback. And again, they spotted mistakes. They gave me some ideas to make it even better. And then I launched it and released it to everyone. So whether you charge people for the testing phase or not, having a testing phase is really important. After you've done that, then you can launch it to everyone. Much like how to keep people engaged, how you launch it will depend on what you actually offer. 
For example, if you have several digital products, then your launch strategy might be very different to someone who only has one, because you have to think about how they sit on that metaphorical shelf. We don't want to dilute our messages too much, and we certainly don't want to confuse our audience. So a little tip here is that whether you're releasing a new service, a new product, whatever it might be, really try and drip feed that to your audience. Don't try and do too many launches all in one go. When I launched this podcast, I was actually ready to launch the Tutors Mastermind as well. And I was ready to start launching some resources that I sell through the training jukebox. But I actually launched my podcast in the January and I let that gain momentum. Then I launched the Tutors Mastermind in March or April. I can't exactly remember. And then months later, I launched the training jukebox, which currently has the 100 content prompts. So really drip feed it, space out your launches. How you go about it depends on what it is that you're offering. So there are really exciting ways to get people talking about whatever you're offering. There are ways to show social proof. So think about all these aspects when you're creating your launch plan, because this is your one opportunity to create a buzz in a totally different way. Of course, once you've launched and you're gaining momentum, you keep talking about it, you provide social proof. Yes, you keep doing all of that. But that one time, the first time you announce something, that's quite novel and you want to really make the most of it. Now, when you're thinking about creating a buzz around this new thing that you're offering, I don't mean that you should just tell people how you have something exciting coming soon and then not telling them about it. I mean, actually telling people what that exciting thing is beforehand. So that's step four. Have an effective launch plan. Actually plan your launch. Step five is to have a strong marketing strategy. This can also be lean. And just like the launch plan, what you create has to depend on your actual product. I would love to give you really generic advice, but I don't think it would be valuable for you because you want to make this really effective. The only way you can make it effective is to make sure it really targets your product and your audience and how those two can come together. But although I can't give you tailored advice through a podcast episode, I can give you some things that you might want to avoid. Number one, when you're marketing, don't talk about all of the things that you offer in one content piece or in a short space of time. When someone, for example, opens social media, in just a few seconds, they consume so much content. And in general, we consume a lot of content just in one day. So you do need to keep repeating the same message to make it stick. I'm not talking about just repeating the same content, but repeat the same message. You also don't want to dilute your messaging to the point where people actually have no idea what you offer. You don't want to confuse them. Number two, I think it's a good idea to have a very clear and primary call to action. So it could be that people have the choice of speaking to you or dropping you an email or just clicking a button on your website. But I would choose one of those, the most effective one, to actually draw people in and make sure that they are consistently hearing what that next step is. I find that encouraging people to speak to me tends to be a winner, but your audience might be different. You may not want to be speaking to people. So choose a CTA, but choose one as your primary one so that you're continually giving people the same call to action. And the reason why this is useful, because I know that logically it feels like, well, surely if I give people lots of different options, then I'm giving them more choices. But the truth is, if we give people lots of different actions or lots of different choices, they often end up taking none of them. Number three is to make sure that you're really humanizing your content when you are talking about what it is that you offer and what you do. 
if you can form relationships with people and they can relate to you, they are far more likely to have faith that your digital product will actually help them. A great way to communicate your offer in a way that connects with your audience is to use the language that they use, the language that they understand, the words that they use when you observed them in, say, a Facebook group or when you made a note of questions that they asked. And the fourth thing here is to make it really, really easy for people to buy from you. If someone has to click a link to your website to buy, make that clear in your marketing and check that your link works and that the next steps are streamlined. If we make people work really hard, if that sales journey is really long, or if our calls to actions are really complicated in our marketing, people are less likely to follow them or they'll start them, but they won't finish them. They won't see it through. So when it comes to marketing, keep it consistent. And if you have several products, drip feed them to your audience and keep your messaging really, really clear. Now, I've covered quite a lot in this episode, so here's a quick summary of the five steps to make sure that you're creating a robust digital product that will actually sell. Number one, make sure that it's something your audience know that they want. If they don't know they want it or need it, then they won't buy it and you'll have to work very, very hard to convince them. The second thing is to make the name functional first. It needs to do some of the selling for you. The third thing is to find ways to make sure that people actually use your resource and finish it. If they don't, they won't see results. And if they don't see results, they're less likely to buy anything else from you or recommend you to others. The fourth thing is to plan your launch. It's your opportunity to create real excitement around your offer and make it memorable. And number five is to have a strong marketing strategy. That doesn't mean being on every single platform or bombarding people, but make sure that you're inspiring trust, excitement, and a way for people to decide whether what you're offering is actually right for them. Now, I promised that I would share one more thing that is great for engagement. If you're at the beginning stages of launching your digital product and you're just not sure whether it's ready yet, Don't worry if it isn't perfect, because another great way to revive any buyers whose engagement might have dropped off is to actually refresh it from time to time and announce that improvement to everyone. So every six months, let's say, you might just add things to it to make it even better. And then you can email all the people who have bought it and tell them about this new and improved version that they get access to. Your existing clients feel like they're getting these freebies and your new clients feel like they're getting more for their money. So I've provided some links of some of the things that I mentioned in the actual show notes. So just scroll down to see that. So good luck with your digital product. Do keep in touch with me, contact me, let me know about what you're developing. I love hearing about other people's businesses. And of course, if I can help, I absolutely will. Thank you as always for listening and you'll hear from me next week. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas on tailoring your business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.